0: Hello everyone, this is season three, Trace, of the Cleared Off The Line podcast, and as we've already introduced, we have a new member here beside us outdoors, Trey Martin. How are you doing, Trey?
1: I'm doing awesome. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm excited to contribute a little bit throughout this season. It's making me go a lot deeper into football than I ever have before so thank you guys for giving me this opportunity.
0: Of course Trey, of course Trey and to my
2: left we have this grizzly veteran right here Forrest Tucker. How are you doing Forrest? Good man, good. It's a nice day Uh, to hit pause on life and record the podcast so I'm ready to get into it. It was a nice week in the Premier League too so I think I'm all satisfied with the footy right now. Seems like it's going in a good direction. Big weekend and as you already said EPL was this weekend. Let's get into
0: some games you know Forrest What's probably the biggest thing that's on your mind? What, what do you want to talk about?
2: Start us off, man. Um. Well, I, I think I can speak for a lot of people uh, when I say that Leeds United caught my eye in the most uh, most just flashy manner because they played no-holds-barred football this weekend. And uh, they didn't play like a promoted team. Promoted teams, you know, traditionally they just don't, uh, they don't go for it. They don't have the guts to go for it. They let teams come on to them and they sit back but how you uh, stay in the Premier League for just not just a season uh, after you've been promoted for a longer time is you you play like you belong in the Premier League you don't play like you want to go back down to the championships Leeds did that this weekend sadly they lost but I'm hoping they can deliver some more going forward man it's going to be cool to see how they, how they work it thoughts Trey
1: I completely agree that was something I wanted to talk about too and you know for me being over here in the United States, I first got into soccer this, this decade, really, and I have never seen Leeds play in the Premier League, so watching them play over the last weekend was the first chance that I got to see that club um, and learn a little bit more about them because they've been you know, going through some of the other te- tiers of English football throughout the years. Uh, but it was really awesome to see, you know, kind of this uh, There there's like an aura kind of around them, like going into it like, hey, you know, this isn't just going to be your average newly promoted team. This is Leeds. And, and they started off against the defending champions. They got three goals. Like you said, I think they should have gotten a point out of it. Um, but I think it really bodes well for them the rest of the season It can give them a lot of momentum going forward to not just stay up top, but who knows, maybe they can crack top 10, maybe? Exactly, and
0: I'll piggyback off something that you said, you know, I am a relatively new soccer fan. Leeds, in my point of view, has just, social media just makes them seem somewhat of a banter club. Everyone's like, Leeds, Leeds, back to the Premier League, etc., etc. But enough about Leeds you you both have talked enough I want to focus on Liverpool in this match because they made a couple of mistakes you know if it weren't for Mo Salah Leeds probably had an opportunity to win the match and just big picture outlook you know I Liverpool they didn't they didn't look like Liverpool from uh last season and I really feel like that they I don't think they signed enough players in the offseason I know that they're expecting Minamino to step up a little bit but Besides Salah, the attack looked kind of stale, and I think every other team around them really bolstered their squad. Chelsea got better. Arsenal got better, etc. Everyone, Manchester United got better. Donny Beek, But I, I don't know. I mean, Liverpool, they should watch their backs this year. I don't think that they're the outright number one anymore, and not to mention City got better. What are your thoughts, Forrest?
2: Yeah, yeah, man. I, I can agree that Liverpool's offseason was stagnant, but – Um, about Leeds, just backtrack I know you want to focus on Liverpool at the moment but I watched the Leeds documentary on Amazon Prime over the summer and I know I'm supposed to hate them because I'm a Manchester United supporter, and I do Um, but the journey they've been on with their owner, who's made a big difference in their club, and then uh, Bielsa, who's made an even bigger difference in their club, is really huge and their their squad is really great, their squad is full of a lot of likable players and you know, they really do love the city. So if, if anything can happen Leeds this season, I want them to stay up. I'm not going to you know, wish anything more on them. But back to Liverpool really quickly. You mentioned Minamino. I think some people last uh, season, NLS season, were calling him like a busted signing. I want to see him get more chances. We didn't really see him a lot. So I, maybe he should uh, get into the 11 at some point, shake things up. Um, Liverpool is going to have to deal with complacency, man. How can they better themselves with a the team? Doesn't have anyone new coming in, um, but I mean, let, let's see how the young Town does. For Liverpool as well, because they have some. They have guys like Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott, who definitely should get first team minutes this season. And so let's see if they can, if one of them can really become uh, a headline making player later on.
0: And you touched on that mentality aspect, Trey. You know, what
1: what's Liverpool's plan like? What can Klopp do to change that mentality, you know? like. Well, you know, I'm a Manchester City fan, so you might expect me to uh, hop with you guys and try to start attacking Liverpool, but I'm going to try <laughs> to take a rational viewpoint here and say that it was week one. They scored, regardless of how they did it, they scored four goals. That is true. And they... Have not been playing as recently as some of these other teams. You know, they didn't have Champions League to get back into whenever it resumed. So once their Premier League campaign ended last season, which they ended it so early that they were kind of on autopilot for the rest of the year anyway, you know, now with a clean table, I'm not ready to, you know, throw in the towel on them yet and say, they should have done this they should have done this yes I think that it is concerning that they did not you know make those big uh, jumps and, and they did not seem to try to change things around and bolster things up in the offseason uh, but before you know I sell everything on them I kind of want to see them go throughout you know the, a, a couple more weeks and see how they how they can respond I I, I get that. I get that. I I
2: think that what you mentioned, autopilot there for them, their autopilot wasn't too good the end of last season because they dropped games that were just embarrassing to lose. And that's where my concern comes in is like they haven't been playing well for the last month or so. It's not just been week one. So we'll see how they do. I don't think they're going to run and crash burn in the ground, but they might have. They have to realize, and I think they do. The press will make them realize, um, if anything, that everyone's gotten better. They need to make sure they get better. Um, there's a difference between your mentality being a title defense and a title attack. So, and even in the league. So, are they are they really defending a title this year if everyone else is getting better, or are they attacking to get better? That's where the line is drawn, and we need time, like you
1: said, to see that. And I think, like, uh, you look back two seasons ago when Manchester City was defending their title, obviously, had a great year in 2017. So, coming into 2018, they had the target on their backs, and they needed, they literally had to win, like, every single game the entire year of the you know, second half of 2019. In order for them so they had to go from being hey we're defending our title to we got to go and we got to take our title away from Liverpool Uh, but something that uh, I heard one of the pundits mention you know whenever Liverpool had such a big lead last season coming back into the restart where they only needed you know they only needed to win one game and then they were good they had the championship they said that once you already had that secured And you make a mistake in the very first minute, your mentality starts to change where you're like, oh, I don't need to run as fast because I've already won the title. Um, And and so we we got a chance to see, like now everybody's at a clean slate. So Liverpool did have a lot of challenges thrown their way with leads, you know, and and so we got to see them say, like, oh, we got scored on. How are we going to respond? We don't have the title anymore. we got to go get ourselves a goal. And they were able to do that. Um, So I think going forward, we should definitely not hand the title right to Liverpool just yet. I think it's definitely going to be a much more uh, competitive year. Uh, But it's so early that I'm not ready to just make insane conclusions uh, and not saying that you guys have been but but I'm uh <laughs> but I, I'm I, I'm not gonna count them out just yet I think that they can still be pretty dangerous
2: mm-hmm all right Terry, any last thoughts on the matter before we take a break
0: honestly no I think <clears> we should <throat> let the new man get the last word on the Liverpool situation
2: all right Chloe, we'll be right back. All right, everybody, we're back right now. So on Monday, Terry Craig had his My Take Monday moment and told you all why he was upset that football in the U.S. is leaving cable television. We all know cord cutting is a thing across TV and continuing media in general, but it's affecting the soccer world even more than ever right now. Terry, extend on that a little bit if you can, and maybe reiterate yourself for the people that did not listen on Monday. Okay. Okay.
0: So, just just to backtrack, me and Force many times, on camera, off camera, we've talked about how do we grow the game in America? How do we grow the game in America? Over and over again. And I expect Trey Martin to join in on these conversations. How uh-huh. do we grow the game in America? Well, one of the ways to do that is to have as much soccer as we possibly can on television. And for a long time, it was like that. NBC did everything they could to put as much Premier League on TV as they possible. They did have
2: gold back in the day, which you also gold. had to pay for, gold. if yes. you remember. Yes, yes. But hold up. Let me get to that. I will get to that. I got you. I got
0: you. For example, on the last day of the season, they'd have all 10 matches on all of the NBC Universal stations. There used to be Tom champions League used to be on Fox Sports. Fox Sports 1 would have a game. Fox Sports 2 would have a game. And even on Thursdays, they play Europa League. Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2. Well, now, Fox Sports sold their rights to TNT and, what well, I think Turner. Yeah, Turner. Yeah. And Turner, they only play one Champions League game on TNT. And that's it. No Europa League, nothing. And I think that that killed Champions League for me. Kill definitely kill Europa League. The only way I can watch Europa League is on the Spanish channel, and that is true. I hate. True. I, I don't
2: hate doing that, but it's not my favorite thing to do. Exactly. So I don't know Spanish. Exactly.
0: And now you know. My last hope was NBC. I was like NBC. I know you love soccer. Just keep soccer on. But you know what? They introduced this nice little streaming service, streaming service called Peacock. And you know what? They have had places where you can buy soccer. You know. Forrest mentioned it beforehand, NBC Sports Gold. But the thing with that was they wouldn't put the best games of the weekend on that. You know, they put maybe like a West Brom against Sunderland or something like that. But now, last week, Sunday, Tottenham-Everton exclusively on Peacock. James Rodriguez debut on Peacock. Correct. In a couple weeks, Arsenal-Liverpool on Peacock. The best games of the weekend, and I just think that that is completely absurd. And I, and don't get me wrong, I'm probably going to subscribe to it. Forrest probably will. Trey probably will. I get that. It's inevitable. But, but we're we're seasoned soccer fans. Like, of course, like, and like, an NFL fan is going to get NFL Red Zone. They love NFL. An NBA fan is going to get NBA TV. You know, but the comic for someone who doesn't normally watch it, West Brom Sunderland, no one wants to see that, they don't care, man, that's that's honestly my take on it, what do you guys think? I know some of you might have a heated opinion.
2: Yeah, I, I just think, um to just backtrack to your bit on the Champions League, most recently Champions League's been on CBS Sports, and even that's that true. hasn't had, I'm not saying you're wrong During course, the it, but yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. They haven't had all match on TV. To get a little more in-depth, you know how many channels there's soccer on for, um, like, in England? There's oh, Sky Sports, Sky Sports Football, and then there's, oh. I think, something like Sky, Sport, Sky Sports Main Event. There, 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 there are a bunch of channels across Sky and BT where you can watch it every day. We don't have that here.
1: I think, Be- I, think I heard that last weekend was the first time ever that every single Premier League match was televised really
2: yes. well that adds to Forrest's point so even over there you know you're not having everything televised but that's just because there's a sheer amount of it um, and I'm sure that when things are not televised over there you know you you the reason that you don't televise everything is because you have fans that are going to the matches like you have a way you, you you know people are still accessing it right and even now they can't but anyways when NBC has to even have championship Sunday they have to use USA you have to use CNBC and MSNBC and they have to use, you know, uh, so other stuff they have. They have to use like Bravo, which they also own, which is like a so, it's not a soap opera channel. It's a reality TV channel, basically. So we just don't have the facilities in this country to to have soccer on every soccer match on every channel, because there's again, this gets back to it, not a lot of money. There's not enough money in the soccer, and there there needs to be people to convince to have soccer. And it's just like paying the women's national team. If you don't give them the money for equal pay. And guess what? They're never going to get to that level. They're never going to get to the level. They're never going to have a World Cup prize that's the same as the men's World Cup prize. So you got to give it a chance. Trey, what do you think?
1: And I think it's something interesting that we talked about cord cutting in general. So if you look at sports as a whole, now if I want to watch Premier League, i got to subscribe to NBC Peacock. Uh, Let's say I want to over here. I want to watch NFL, so that means I gotta subscribe to the NFL network. I might need to get an ESPN subscription as well. Need Sunday ticket. If I yeah, Sunday ticket. If I want to watch, if I want to watch the NFL, um, then or uh, the NBA, then you know they they put games on like TNT and stuff. It seems like now people are like, why can't we have it all in one place again? Mm-hmm. so it's, it's it, society has gone from like hey you know why, why do I have all of these channels to why does this channel only have this one thing and I have to buy something completely different so it's crazy just how we're still trying to find that perfect balance because now all of these different companies and all their subsidiaries are creating their own streaming services and it, it's just getting a little confusing at this point and I think it's All it's going to hurt is is the content itself.
0: Exactly. And I'll throw in one thing. And it's definitely feeling like NBC is just kind of forcing this down our throats. And I feel like that the pandemic just kind of uh, forced it down. Wow. Y'all hear that plane above me? That's what happens when we uh, film outside. But hey, we like the gnat sound. We like the gnat sound. Yeah, we're
1: outside trying to socially distance a bit and uh, enjoy the cool weather.
0: Yeah, exactly. But, but continuing. You're saying Terry. Yeah, but continuing. Yeah, they definitely are trying to force this down our throats and probably because of the pandemic. You know, money's thin. And just something I was looking up earlier is that Peacock, it isn't available on like Amazon TV or Roku or anything. So like they're making us pay for something where we just have to go on this random website to watch. Like we can't download it on Hulu, Netflix. Like it's just, it's not available. So any other thoughts or should we leave it at that?
1: I think that's something that we can all agree on that yeah, uh, that things are getting a, a little bit too complicated <laughs> when it comes to that.
2: Yeah, we're, I, I think that like you know we, uh, we wanted stuff to be more here's the thing. We can't have our cake and eat it too with this. This is the problem and this is, this is why it's money that's talking here. We want... What we want is we want all the soccer. And we want to get it so we can watch it all at the same time. We want to have that, all right? And that's anywhere, I guess. So that's why we want the streaming services. Okay, NBC. Yeah, okay. It's fine. You can have your broadcast where you have a couple different games on, you know, you have... you have So like on, on this Saturday, they have three games on. They have the early game, midday game, and they have the later game, all right? And that's the same thing for Sunday most of the time. That's cool. But then can we have, can we have like, you know, another streaming service where we have that stuff at the same time and we can get those games on that streaming service as well. So we're on the go. We can watch it. That's the thing. We just, we just want to have it be accessible everywhere. Um, but again, it's kind of an overkill with these streaming services that everyone's having. So it's like, well, I'm not going to describe all these things because there's really no point. Um, it's going to drain your wallet every month. Um, but that's the problem with soccer in this country that we just don't have the facilities to do it. Um, and that's that's just that's just the uh, that's everything relates back to that, you know. The reason we don't have the best soccer culture is because not enough people care about it. It's not religion. So I'll leave it at that. We'll take a short break, everyone.
1: Hey guys, we're back here on Cleared Off the Line, and uh, gonna take things out. Uh, to a a pretty big topic that I'm sure that we have all heard about and this is something that we're gonna have to talk about we might want to avoid it here but we're gonna have to talk about how the coronavirus is still impacting uh, the world of sports in general and if you think about soccer internationally there's no sport around here that that travels as much as soccer so uh, when you have all these travel restrictions and you have, uh, you know, all these countries having to, or all these teams having to travel to different countries, in the middle of a pandemic, it's definitely going to make things more complicated. And so the story that I want to bring up uh, is coming out of South America. So the Boca Juniors uh, team has had, uh, I believe, ten players or a handful of players ten days ago uh, tested positive uh, before they are going to travel to Paraguay, I believe, to play um, in sort of like a a South American uh, International uh, Cup. And so, as of Sunday, they still had, I believe, half of the players that tested positive 10 days ago, tested positive again. So that was Sunday. They're scheduled to travel to Paraguay and play on Thursday. The, um, the league and the Argentinian Prime Minister of Health has given those players permission, even though they have not gotten a negative test. They are still technically positive for coronavirus. He has given them permission to travel and to play in the game on Thursday. Um, and so this is something that's going to bring the debate of the interpretation of who is healthy and who is not healthy, and what countries think themselves is certainly going to play a factor going forward, Uh, and and there's a lot of things that this could impact. This could, uh, if you think about it uh, as an example, we could have a Champions League game, say, between a a huge club in Spain and a huge club in France, Uh, and this Champions League game has massive importance But if the quarantining procedures are different for La Liga than they are for League One, let's say, then you might have an instance where one really good player might test positive and they have to quarantine, but another really good player might test positive, but their rules allow them to play. So this could obviously be a problem going forward. And if we're already seeing it happen in South America, I'm sure that we might See it in Europe. So, what are you guys' thoughts on on how this might could be resolved?
0: I mean, uh, the only way that I really could see this being resolved is the big governing bodies, the big federations of leagues in different countries. They they really got to come together and just find a consensus because there's still like top players testing positive for. Covid, like what? I think Mbappe and Neymar, they both tested mm-hmm. positive. Yep, very recently, but, but yeah, within like the past what two, three weeks, something like that. So like stars, like I, I know that you were talking about Argentine players in Argentina, names that we don't necessarily know, but still, big name players are still being affected by this, and it is going to affect competitions like Europa and Champions League whenever those things start back up and we start seeing the big teams there, but. Yeah, we just need to see some cohesion amongst the big leagues and the big teams and say, you know what, this we have to do this here, this then, just to keep players safe and just not only keep players safe, but keep these competitions safe because all the things that are going on in March, April, the shutdowns and just the mess, like, we don't want that to happen again. We want things to be as normal as we possibly can because we are all just so tired of just not knowing and just all the uncertainty. Uncertainty. So, hopefully, we see some cohesion amongst the people of power.
1: Mm-hmm,
2: yeah, that was what I was going to say. You took us out right out of my mouth, Terry. Uh, you got to have Champions League Copa Libertadores. That's what the Boca Juniors players were um, competing in. They have to have a set plan that you know, everyone everyone agreeing on stuff is, is very hard. <laughs> so, how they do that is a different story. But I in the long run, man, we, we gotta we gotta make sure we tamper this down um, but let's just hope the vaccine comes as soon as we can that's not gonna happen forever but you can bet money that, you know, the sports organizations will vaccinate their players at ASAP um, when it comes out, so, you know, as soon as that's there, the first, whoever has the most money is getting it, cause we need, you know if sports are back and we have players that can play and we can let some fans in and that's what's gonna have to happen um, so, we'll see about that uh, we'll be right back for our last segment right after this. All right, everybody, we're right back here for the last little bit of the episode. Americans are making a lot of noise recently abroad. And the key word is abroad because you don't hear a lot of making noise in the MLS. Hmm. I wonder, wonder what that's about. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, Gio Reyna scored for Dortmund over the weekend. Uh, Weston McKinney is playing alongside Ronaldo. Meet Coach Bangeri Pirlo. Yes, that is an actual sentence I just said, and I am still alive. I'm not in heaven. Um, wow. Conrad de la Fuente made his debut for Barcelona's first team in a friendly. He's the first American to ever play for the club. Um, Christian Plisic he is out injured right now. Sour moment um, of the of the rundown here. Um, he suffered injury in training uh, recently, and uh, Frank Lampard is doubtful he'll be fit for the game this weekend. But I feel like it might be Christian's year. Um, Jurgen Klopp's interview with the Men and Blazers host Roger Bennett recently, and said that Christian can be pretty big. So boys, um, what do we feel? Do we feel confident about this? Or are we are we going to get too cocky and really overhype it, or or are we feeling just like you know, kind of even keel about it? Well, first of all, let me
0: just say this country is definitely going to overhype it. No matter no matter how good <laughs> it is, like, we're definitely going to over. We have a freaking Barcelona player who is a United States player. Like when he
2: hasn't even debuted for the first team yet, but like we're going to hype it up. Exactly. Still, yeah,
0: exactly. But you know, I am extremely excited for each of the four names that you uh, named: De La Fuente with Barcelona, Christian Pulisic at Chelsea. Giorena Dortmund, and Weston McKinney at Juventus. I'm up the four though. I'm really excited to see how Weston McKinney excels at Juventus. It was a surprise move for me. I think uh, when it broke on social media, I was like, wow, he's a Juventus player. And I think getting the opportunity to play with a dude like Cristiano Ronaldo and co, like, I just. I really think that that's going to take his game up to the next level because I, I watched his performances with Schalke and Schalke after the restart. They really weren't good, and they I were feel terrible like terrible I feel like that they were wasting him, and that midfield is really open for him to uh, to make a name for himself. I know that they're bringing in Artur, and I feel like Artur players like him are just. That's good competition for them and I and that's what that's what these United States men's national team players need is that they need good healthy competition in their club teams and once they build that strong mentality learn a few tips and tricks from other players that will translate to the countryside and I I really just want to see our men's national team do well I, of all the sports team that I like, I'm very critical of them because I know that they have it in them to be great. And I really feel like this team can be great. What is your thoughts, Trey?
1: I think when you go back to U.S. missing the World Cup in 2018, there were, yeah. there were a lot of people who, you know, outside of the game, might have been asking, how in the world could this happen? How could the United States miss out on the World Cup? But I think if you really followed the U.S. men's national team, it was kind of obvious. It's not a surprise, it no. It was not a surprise because when you've got guys, your starting 11 is out there, let's say, uh, 30 weeks of year playing MLS competition, and then for two weeks they've got to go and they've got to play some of the best players in the world they're probably not going to do that well. But if you've got your starters week in, week out, training alongside the best players, playing against them, learning, watching their film, beating them, losing from them, of course they're going to be better prepared. Uh, So I think this is really exciting. Uh, And and I'm going to allude to this probably in the future, but I feel like uh, now is the time to buy in to the U.S. Men's National Team because... it's only going
2: to get better. Yeah, I, I I, just see you touched on the fact that people who are not soccer fans, and this is, this is the sticking point for me, is that we need to appeal to the people that don't give a shit about soccer. Um, because people all the time will look at it and say, they probably looked at it in 2018, the U.S. didn't make the World Cup? God, we suck at soccer. This sport's never going to make it in this country. And that's the thing, is that when you have a headline like that come around and an event like that come around, people are going to doubt it. And then, a couple years later, you have these kids some time to mature, and you have Tyler Adams, who plays in the Champions League Tyler with Leipzig. Adams, yeah. You have Weston McKinney and, you know, Christian Pulisic and Gio Reyna. They're in the best clubs in the world. When we're in the best clubs in the world, we're around the best players, we'll get better because that's just how it is. Greg Berhalter has less time than he ever had before with this team because of COVID. So if they can get their act together individually, they come back in as a group. And Weston McKenney is probably the most solid player Um next to Christian Pulisic just because he to me looks so mature and so um just even is just built to be a leader um so really good stuff for the men's national team and it that's the thing is we we just need we just need them to get time we need them to get minutes we need them to keep playing we need them to just keep being in the spotlight and when they get with Greg whenever they get with Greg in camp they you know they need to turn it on uh, I think that's how it happens um and one of these dudes, they,
0: they need to step up and be a leader. And I know that I'm gonna sound a little hypocritical because I know I always go on here and say that the the national team, they need to cycle through some of those old names, older players, old play. even though yeah, old, less productive, still leaders. I we really need to see one of these young dudes become a leader in the team because I feel like, yeah, we, we, we have talked of all this good young talent, but some of this young talent needs to learn something with their clubs and be a leader. And I think that's the only way that we can improve.
2: Yeah, I, I don't see anything, you know, as far as young as youth goes, youth is so much more appealing to me. These guys are so much more appealing to me than Michael Bradley and, you know, Tim Ream and, and guys that are still playing, you know— there hasn't been a complete clear house from the national team, but you know you don't need to call. So there's some of these guys you just don't need to call in anymore. You don't need to call them. And I know I'm not correct, Berhalter, but you know I'm not. I've been wanting an overhaul for a couple of years, and I feel like every camp he brings in a lot of kids, but he's just bringing in youth guys. And there hasn't been a camp where there's been Adams. Reyna, McKinney, De La Fuente, they had, you know, like and, and Adams, McKinney, Pulisic are probably the three big guys. Like, we need those guys in every camp you can get them in. Um, and I, I, you know, I know I'm not Greg, but I think there's a, you know, if you have a core group of three three to five guys that you have in every camp, and, you know, some of them are still pretty young national team-wise, you could add Josh Sargent in that mix for a Raymond player. So you have four guys here playing in Europe that you want to have in every camp, and you could probably add a fifth somewhere in MLS or even in Europe. Um, maybe even like DeAndre Yedlin, you know, five I guys heard there. That name in a minute. Hmm. Yeah, rumored to be rumored to be this. Anyways, five guys, get them in every camp as much as you can. Let's see how it goes. Um, any last thoughts from you guys?
1: Well, I was just gonna say that you know, in the in the qualifying rounds leading up to 2018, it seemed like the U.S. was kind of in this really sad stage of combining what could be and what was. Exactly. And right now. I think it's time that we commit to what is. You know, what what do we have in, in the arsenal right now? Uh, and, and I totally agree that that some of these guys, we got to just say, thanks for your time, but it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. Sure. Terry, any last stuff from you? No, I
0: think Trey Martin deserves the last word once again, the new man. But, yeah, I think that'll wrap it up for this show. But, um... Yeah, thank y'all for listening. It's it's really good to be here again. We haven't recorded in a minute. Good to have a new person with us. That was fun. And, yeah, thank you. That was you. fun, man. How was, yeah, how was your
1: first experience with this one? It was easy. I mean, y- y'all made it easy. Y'all just, y'all just kept talking, and I, I was like, okay. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, last word, uh, we're, this, we're, we're lucky that this wasn't filmed because uh, Forrest might be in a little trouble, <laughs> but uh, I guess we'll leave it at that. Thank you guys for listening. We love you.